You're listening to Too Much on Her Plate, the podcast for smart, busy women who are tired of running on the hamster wheel and are ready to create freedom from overeating and emotional eating. I'm your host, clinical psychologist, author, and a smart, busy woman too, Dr. Melissa McCreary. Hello, everybody. It is January. At least it's January if you're listening to this episode when it is first released. And January is that time of year when we tend to think about what it is we want to do in the year ahead and how we're going to do it. And if you're listening to this episode and it's not January, you're probably thinking about emotional eating and what it is that you can do about that and how you're going to do it because of the title of this episode. Today, I'm going to talk about what is really possible with emotional eating. Can you really make it disappear? Can you disappear emotional eating? Can you be done with it? Can you leave it behind? Or is it something that you always have to struggle with, that you always have to keep an eye on, that you always, that you're always going to have to devote a lot of energy working pretty hard to stay in control of so that you can achieve the goals that you have with food and with your eating and with your health and with your well-being. This question of what is possible is something that I hear a lot from women who are attracted to my programs, who want to work with me. Is it really possible? And it is a question that comes up when you start to think, whether it's consciously or not, when you start to think about what you quote unquote need to do to create the changes in eating and overeating and emotional eating that you want to see in your life. What do I need to do? What am I going to have to do? That is the soundtrack that tends to run through our brains when we start to think about making changes with food. Let me back up a minute and let me be really clear that emotional eating all by itself is not a problem. Everybody or just about everybody does some emotional eating at times. Almost everybody uses food for more than fuel, right? I mean, food is food is delicious. Food is a sensory pleasure. Food is something to be enjoyed. Food is a part of our celebrations. There's nothing inherently wrong with uh, using food or enjoying food or turning to food for reasons that aren't really about being hungry. Emotional eating becomes a problem when it's a problem for you. Emotional eating becomes a problem when it feels like it's controlling you or when it feels like you don't know what else to do or when you don't like the, the impact that the eating is having in your life. But there's nothing wrong with emotional eating. You get to decide if emotional eating is a problem and if it is something that you want to change. You get to decide always whether your relationship with food is working for you. So when I'm talking about can you disappear emotional eating, can you end it, can you be done with it, I'm not talking about having this antiseptic relationship with food where <laughs> you just it's just fuel and hunger and you don't enjoy it at all or you don't relate to food in ways that aren't about fueling yourself. I'm talking about the emotional eating that is a problem for you and whether or not you can get rid of it, whether or not you can leave it behind. And the answer is absolutely, yes, you can. That's what we're going to talk about in this episode. Interestingly enough, 
we have to start by talking about what it really means to leave emotional eating behind, to leave struggles with food behind. Because deprivation thinking, diet mentality, and diet culture have probably screwed up your thinking about this. Believe it or not, leaving the struggle behind, ending that kind of problematic emotional eating, and I'm just going to use the shorthand, I'm just going to talk about emotional eating for the rest of the podcast, because now you know what I mean. Ending emotional eating does not mean finding a way to create perfect control. There is a huge difference between a sense of empowerment and a sense of being in control. Being in control is something that you have to maintain. Being in control is something that can go away. Being in control means that there is a battle or a struggle, and at the moment, you have the upper hand. It is very interesting to me that that phase of most food plans and weight loss plans where after you have achieved your goal, that phase is usually referred to as maintenance. And it's a pretty scary phase of the process for a lot of people because it comes with all these thoughts about, can I, right? Can I maintain? How am I going to maintain? How long am I going to maintain? Guess what? Being in maintenance is, is part of that struggle that diet mentality and deprivation thinking sets up for us. Being in maintenance is being in that place of how long can I stay in control? Being in maintenance is not feeling and being empowered. It's not peace with food and it's not freedom from overeating. So if you want to be done with emotional eating, if you really want to be free from that kind of overeating, then you need to have a new goal. The goal becomes empowering yourself. The goal becomes taking your power back. And the goal becomes deflating the power that food has in your life. Deflating the power that eating and turning to food and walking into the kitchen has. Taking that power back so there isn't a power struggle anymore. I know this can sound very conceptual, and it's also really important. Something that my listeners tell me over and over and over again is that I am so tired. I am so tired of thinking about this stuff. I am so tired of the space that food and my eating and my weight and my struggles with all this stuff take up in my brain. I am so tired of having this be the first thing I think about every morning. I am so tired of having good days and bad days and feeling like my life is controlled by food. I am so tired. I want you to think about it this way. A struggle for control perpetuates that tiredness and it it is a struggle of control is is underlaid by all those kinds of thoughts right you just always have to be on top of them the kind of freedom from emotional eating and overeating that i'm talk about is when you have settled into a way of eating and a way of being with food that is natural and that fits you so that you don't have to make deliberate thoughts about it all the time. You don't need to make deliberate efforts because you know what to do. It's comfortable. It fits. It works for you. And you're getting your needs met. You're not pushing them down or needing to use extra control 
and discipline to to stay on top of them or to stay, you know, to stay apart from your needs that aren't getting met. Make sense? So think about it. Most of the time when people decide, okay, it's January, I'm going to change my eating. Well, they say I'm going to take control of this emotional eating, right? Most of the time people start by setting up a battle for control, a struggle. If you want to be free from emotional eating and overeating, then you have to do it differently. You have to approach it differently and you have to set the whole thing, the whole process up differently. Here's what I'm going to suggest to you. Instead of setting up a struggle for control and a path where the end result is something that you have to maintain, what I would challenge you to do, and this is the exact process that we use in my Missing Peace group coaching program, is to reverse engineer things. We need to reverse engineer things and work backwards from the you that is free from overeating. We need to reverse engineer a process that has created a you that isn't struggling to maintain, a you that has freedom from overeating and peace with food. We start with that endpoint. Who is she? What is she like? How does she live? How does she approach her problems? How does she get her needs met? And then we reverse engineer back and create a path that builds you these things and takes your power back from food and from overeating and from emotional eating. This is so different than diet mentality and the deprivation thinking that is just so ingrained in that, that if you have had ongoing struggles with overeating and emotional eating, it's probably just feels like reality. It probably just feels like this is how you need to think about things, right? You need to think about, okay, where is my eating a problem? How am I going to change my eating? What am I going to buy at the grocery store? What am I going to tell myself I need to eat? What do I need to stay away from? What do I need to get out of my cupboards? All of that is a deprivation approach. And and I think one of the ways to keep thinking about it is, am I setting myself up for something hard that I am going to need to maintain in the end? That's a, that's a signal that you're on the deprivation path, all right? Doing it differently is going to feel so different. And in fact, it's going to feel to your deprivation-trained brain that you're aiming in the wrong direction, It's going to feel like, wait a minute, why am I not thinking about this? Why am I not doing this? I should be doing the hard stuff. I should be depriving myself. One of the things that is so critical to remember when you decide that really you are ready to end the struggle with emotional eating is that you need to do it differently. And doing it differently, doing anything differently starts by focusing your thoughts and your beliefs and the stories that you tell yourself in a different direction. And that is going to feel strange and confusing and sometimes even wrong to your brain who believes, you know, your, your, your brain is going to tell you, wait, I know what to do. We need to be aiming over here. <laughs> we need to be doing that hard stuff. It's January. It's time to do something hard. I know you know this, that doing the same old thing just creates the same old results. But really, Let's be honest, doing something different feels weird and awkward and graceless and really, really hard. So I'm going to give you the four tenets that I believe are essential for doing it differently. Because the first step in all of this 
is starting to starting to see that it's possible to change your focus, beginning to see that there are other ways to think about this stuff. And that even if you're not exactly sure what that would look like, you can think about this differently, create actions that approach it differently. You can do this whole path of changing your eating differently and that it can lead to really different results. All right. So the four tenets that I believe are absolutely essential to creating true freedom from emotional eating. And these are actually the, the four underlying tenets of my missing piece group coaching program are the following number one, and this is essential, and this has to be the place to start. And it is so different from deprivation thinking. Number one is to embrace your power. If you start from a place of having to be in control, having to maintain, that is exactly where you're going to end up, right? The journey ends up being what the destination feels like and looks like. You cannot be on a path of starvation and misery and deprivation and end up feeling fulfilled and nourished and you know on a path that is going to create joy and fulfillment and ease. So if you want to feel powerful, and remember, we're reverse engineering from that unstoppable version of you that has freedom from overeating and emotional eating, guess what? She's in charge. She is empowered. She is running the show. So the absolute first step of changing your eating in a way that is going to last and is going to feel good to you is to find your power again. Embrace your power. Start creating a way of approaching this journey that feels empowered, that builds your confidence instead of tears you down. Start rediscovering your inner wisdom about what works for you. And if you're rolling your eyes, listen, it's really important to remember that you are the only one who has lived inside your body and who has had your body's relationship with food for your whole life. You do know what is best for you. You do know how to take the information that comes at you from the rest of the world and filter it through what you know about you. You may be disconnected from it, and you probably are if you have spent a lot of time in deprivation thinking and diet mentality. And learning how to connect with yourself again, learning how to trust yourself again, learning how to tap into your inner wisdom and to to find ways of being with food that feel empowering and build your confidence instead of fill you with guilt and shame and self-blame and you know lead to all sorts of name calling and telling yourself it's all your fault and you're lazy and you're undisciplined and all that other stuff embracing your power is critical if you want to feel powerful at the end that is step one. It is not just step one. Actually, it is it is the place to start, but it is something that is going to be so critical to come back to over and over and over and over again throughout the process. The second tenet of really disappearing, ending struggles with emotional eating is to ditch the diet, right? Ditch the diet, ditch the deprivation thinking, learn how to tune into a new way of thinking that is really about creating a relationship with food that works for you. What do I mean by that? Your brain is probably so full of rules and shoulds and other people's ideas of how you should eat shoulds, (laughs) how you should eat and what will work and what you shouldn't do. And probably half of them conflict with each other. I can tell you this, 
I have been doing this long enough to know there is not one way of eating that works for everyone. Food freedom happens when you tune into and discover through trial and error, the way of eating that works for you, the way of eating that feels good for you, the way of eating that is a match for your lifestyle and your tastes and your preferences and for your goals. It is a process of steps. And I know that when when your brain has been hijacked by deprivation thinking, it, this can just sound like gobbledygook, right? Like, what the heck does it mean to have food freedom? What do you mean a way of eating that works for me? What does that mean? What do I give up? How many points do I count? Do I track things? Do I take a deep breath? Because again, that is why that is why the whole process has to start with a sense of empowerment, a sense of reminding yourself that I can figure this out. I may need help. I may need new tools and strategies, but I can figure this out. I can listen to myself. I can learn things. There isn't a right and a wrong way to do that. Only I can figure out what is a good fit for me. Food freedom means figuring out what it is that you really need and the reasons that food has been so powerful for you. If you're emotional eating, it may mean, you know, what are the feelings that I have been turning to food to cope with or to push down or to push away? What would help me care for myself with these feelings? What are the muscles that would be helpful to grow or that I could use some help growing so that I have some options other than turning to food when I feel certain things or when I find myself in certain situations? Again, taking your power back. How can I feel more powerful? What are the ways that I can feel like I have more flexibility in getting what I need or in taking care of myself or responding to my feelings or my needs? So that food doesn't have the upper hand. Food has the upper hand when it feels like it's the only choice. I mean, let's be real. You are not emotionally eating because you are lazy or ineffective or because you don't have enough self-control. You're a smart woman. You solve all sorts of problems in your life. If you are stuck in a pattern of emotional eating, it's because it is the best thing or the only thing you know how to do in this particular set of circumstances. Creating a, a relationship with food that works for you means that it's not just about the food. It's definitely not just about the food. It's about knowing why food currently has the power that it does in your life and starting to generate some new ways of taking your power back so that you can get your needs met in, in better ways, in ways that work better, in ways that nourish you better, in, in ways that take care of you better. And when that happens, food doesn't have power anymore. You've taken your power back. You are empowered. You know how to take care of yourself in ways that have nothing to do with walking into the kitchen. So embracing your power, ditching the diet and creating a relationship with food that works for you. And then the third tenet, that is so essential and so different from deprivation thinking and diet mentality and related to the first two is to promote yourself to CEO of your well-being. This is a term that we use a lot in your missing piece, but I want you to really imagine you sitting at the, the head of a conference table, calling the shots, right? You making the decisions, you deciding if something feels right or not. Remember, in order not to create a plan that requires maintaining control in a struggle, we're reverse engineering. 
we're starting by envisioning you free from emotional eating and overeating. Someone who has her needs met, someone who feels nourished, someone who feels taken care of in such ways that food just doesn't call to her. She doesn't feel compelled to wander into the kitchen or over to the vending machine, right? Because she has what she needs. And the kind of overeating that is a struggle for you now isn't necessary anymore. So the other piece of becoming the CEO of your well-being and your life is showing up for yourself like a CEO. Instead of reacting to your life, instead of trying to cram yourself into non-existent spaces, being the CEO of your well-being means showing up for your well-being like a CEO. And that means figuring out the self-care piece. It means tough questions like, okay, how do I get my needs met without turning to food? What do I do about the tough feelings? How can I care for myself? How can I talk to myself more nicely instead of like, (laughs) like, you know, this person that I would never, I would never talk this way to anyone in real life. How can I show up for myself like a CEO? This is such an important question, but I want you to really think about the you that you want to be at the end when you have achieved your goal. We create the you that you are at the end of achieving your goal by learning how to be that you all throughout the process. Again, I know this might sound like a lot. There are a number of steps involved in this. It is the entire framework, you know, that people work through in my group coaching program, What I want you to take away from this episode isn't this, you know, this feeling of, oh my gosh, I have to figure all these things out. No, that's deprivation thinking. What we're doing now is creating a framework that you can use to start to move your thoughts in a different direction, to start to move your thoughts and your beliefs. And by moving your thoughts and your beliefs in a different direction, you can start to shape different actions so that you can start to create your own path for really breaking free of these habits with food that aren't serving you. When you really get it, and and that doesn't mean just listening and nodding your head, but it, it means practicing the thoughts and thinking about this whole topic in a new way. When you really get it, that the destination is shaped by the flavor of the journey that you take, and when you really start aiming for a destination that feels peaceful and expansive and free from these struggles. When you really spend the time, and that's one of the first things we do in the Missing Peace Program is spend the time really getting clear on who is that you? Who is that empowered you who is free from the struggles? What do you know about her? How does she show up? How does she deal with problems? What does she need that you don't have? What kind of support does she have? When you can really embrace this way of thinking, it almost naturally leads you to the fourth tenant that you absolutely need to have to make emotional eating struggles disappear. And that's what I call forever freedom. That is that path that you are on that not only takes you to whatever the goal is that you have, where you say, oh my gosh, I did it, right? But it's a path that then you feel great about staying on. It's a path that doesn't feel like maintenance. It's just the way you are with food. 
And getting on that path of forever freedom means taking a look at all the reasons that the things that you've tried in the past haven't worked. And taking a look, not from a place of self-blame and judgment and shame, which is deprivation thinking and diet mentality, right? That's the idea that if something didn't work, it's because you didn't try hard enough, you didn't sacrifice enough, you didn't have enough willpower. Putting that all to the side and being honest with yourself, knowing what you do about yourself and your life and asking, okay, what do I know about why these things didn't work? And what does that tell me about what it is that I really need? How can I use what didn't work, you know, to build a better path forward for me? So here's what we've covered. Emotional eating can end. Struggles with emotional eating can go away. They, emotional eating does not have to be something that you have to be endlessly in control of or always falling out of control of. And all of that starts with learning how to change your approach and your thinking from a self-control deprivation approach to an empowered approach. Until you make that shift, everything will be seen through that old lens of diet mentality and deprivation. So one more thing, because it's January. You may be listening to this and thinking, oh, this just sounds like so much. How do I, you know, how do I do this? I could, I could go on an eight week, (laughs) I could go on an eight week deprivation plan and maybe I could see a difference. Maybe it would work this time. This sounds like a lot. Imagine what you could accomplish. What could be different next year at this time if you focused on doing these new things and thinking these new thoughts and aiming in this new direction? If you focused on doing things differently for a year, small steps, imperfectly, trying new things, learning new thoughts, practicing new practices, What could be different a year from now? Here's the thing. We so drastically underestimate what can happen in a year. I mean, look back through your calendar. Look at the last 12 months and all the things that have transpired in the last year. I'm not even talking about your your own accomplishments. We didn't have a vaccine a year ago, right? Think about the things that happened in January and February and March and April that now seem so far away. Where could you be next year at this time if you committed to doing things differently, to aiming your thoughts in a different direction? And if that just sounds like something you're not able to grasp, I want to ask you the opposite. You've been around this cycle a couple of times. Where will you be a year from now if you keep doing it the same way? It's not going to be perfect. Remember what I said about how clumsy and graceless it can feel to try to think new thoughts and, and try to practice moving in a different direction. It's, it's going to be messy and it will lead you to a different destination than the one you've been consistently ending up at. So take a deep breath and go easy on yourself and spend some time today beginning to picture that you that you're going to reverse engineer from, that you who is free from overeating. What do you know about her? How does she feel taken care of? What does she need? What does she believe? 
What do you know about her? And you don't have to work on this stuff alone. There is a group of like-minded women that we meet on coaching calls three times a month and use all sorts of tools to embrace our power, ditch the diet, promote ourselves to CEO of our well-being, and create freedom that is forever. Yes, emotional eating struggles really can disappear. I'll talk to you soon. If you're ready to lose your overeating and emotional eating habits, and you are ready to step into a relationship with food that fits you, one that doesn't rely on willpower and deprivation, then now is the time to join your missing piece. Enrollment is open, and this is the perfect time to join me. Go to toomuchonherplate.com forward slash freedom, or just click on the link in the show notes. Your Missing Piece is the program where I show you step-by-step how to create freedom from overeating with a unique combination of psychologist-designed, personalized work-with-me, coaching, and smart strategy. You'll learn how to reclaim your power, ditch the diets, and create results that are built to last. Check it all out at toomuchonherplate.com forward slash freedom, and I'll see you inside.